Welcome to the podcast of St. Basil the Great Catholic Church in Brecksville, Ohio, with homilies, talks, and interviews relevant to your Catholic faith. God bless you, and enjoy. I think the readings could be summarized in two words, hopeless and hopeful. And that's what we hear in these first reading and second and the gospel as well as the responsorial psalm. I have the privilege every day to meet people who teach me about faith and God's love and about God's grace and how to receive God's grace. But these aren't theologians. These are not people with advanced degrees in religious studies. These are people just like the leper that we hear in the first reading in the gospel. It's a person that oftentimes is pushed out. No one cares about him for a lot of reasons. It could be homelessness. It could be addiction. It could be mental health. It could be elderly in which people see no value because they don't view elderly as contributing every day to society. It's people who struggle each and every hour of every day are the people who teach me. And I aspire to be like them because they teach me about my faith. They teach me about how to receive this love from God. I had a, an experience I'd like to share with you this week. I received a phone call from an elderly couple that I've gotten to know over the last several years, and they're just wonderful people. And they said, we would like to donate some money to help three families who are in very, very difficult situations. They're just like the leper. They're forgotten. They're pushed out. No one cares. And I said, be happy to facilitate it. And as we talked more about it, the wife said, I'd really like to be able to say something to them and give them a message. And as we continued talking about it, I said, why don't you write a letter? She says, good idea. I could do that. And she says, what should the letter say? I said, it should speak of hope. Because what we, as we enter into the Lenten season, it's about hope. And she said, I can do that. She said, how do I address the letter? I said, why don't you think of addressing it to your new found friend? She says, I like that. I'd like to share this letter. This just happened a few days ago. And as I was thinking about the homily, this is it, in my view, uh, that it's all about hope. And, you know, in times of difficulty, times of struggle, and times of all the things that we've gone through this past year and the years preceding, we need to find hope. And so my friend writes this letter, and it says, Dear newfound friend, as I sit here trying to decide what you would like to hear, I look out the window and see light snow falling. I love the seasons, so I am happy to be here. Do you know that there are no two snowflakes alike? I marvel at God's creation and how we are his best creation and that there are no two of us alike either. We are his children, 
So we are sisters and brothers. I like that thought. We may never meet, but each have a story. I am quickly growing old and have had many experiences in my life, some good and some not so good. The toughest thing I have had to endure is hearing the words, you have cancer. That was nine years ago. Much has happened in these nine years, but I'm still here. The most important words I heard that I now live by are never, never, never give up. I don't know what God wants, but I know that I wanted to reach out to you in friendship. I don't know the ups and downs of your story. Just know that I will be praying for you. And I want only that you will pray for me too. Let's give each other hope. Lovingly, your new found sister. And I think that letter, when I first read it, I had tears in my eyes. Here this elderly couple make a financial sacrifice to help people they don't even know. But I think that's exactly what the message is today. It's about having hope. But at the same time as we have hope, it's to be able to share hope with others. And what we've learned in the sacred scripture today in Leviticus, what we hear is that, that this leper, you know, if you had leprosy, you were the outcast. You were isolated. You were treated terribly and poorly. But today, leprosy, in today's world that we live in, we can relate to it as a result of having the COVID pandemic. We've been isolated. We have an idea what it's like to be isolated now, better than we did a year ago. But it's also the other people that we find uncomfortable. They make us nervous. It's those who suffer with addiction and mental health, homelessness, and other things that are troublesome. We have a tendency, we don't want to see them, we push them off, pretend they don't exist. And what we hear in this first reading, it's Levitical law. The Hebrews believed that you had to be perfect, not a blemish. I'm very thankful I wasn't around in those days because I wouldn't have made it without a blemish. And what happened was it was the code. It had nothing to do with medical. It was based on what their view of religion was. And they pushed people aside. And what I've learned is when you treat someone and continue to reinforce that they're hopeless, they begin to fulfill that prophecy and become hopeless. And that's what we hear in this reading. What we hear is that person who had leprosy would go out, and as people would come near, they'd say, unclean, unclean, meaning stay away from me. I've been ostracized. I've been pushed out. Don't come near me. That happens every day in our daily lives. Knowingly or unknowingly, it happens. But that was what that message was about, pushing people away. That letter I shared with you, that couple didn't push people away. They brought people closer to them. And what we hear in the Gospel of Mark, I think Jesus wanted to clarify things from Leviticus. What Jesus does is that leper approaches him, he touches him, and says, I will, I will, I'll make you clean. It's an act of compassion. It's an act of humility. It's an act of kindness. It's an act of respect in which Jesus reaches out, and I will do it. I will make you clean. 
And what's very interesting about that, Jesus doesn't step back and say, look at me, how great I am. I need all these accolades. No, he says, don't tell anybody. But what he does is he instructs that person to go to the priest to fulfill the Levitical law so that now that person could be reestablished, reconnected in the community. And what Jesus knew is this. If he were not to do that, he would have difficulty of being accepted and being embraced into the community. And so Jesus, with wonderful humility, you know, it's, it's Jesus is, it's not about me, it's about the Father. Now go back and reconnect to the community. And I think that's one of the most powerful messages as we prepare to enter into the Lenten season, this Wednesday being Ash Wednesday. And then we hear in the gospel, excuse me, in the Corinthians, we hear St. Paul. He's speaking to the Corinthians. He's had lots of relationships there. They claim to be Christians. You know, they kind of go along with what he's saying. But what he's saying is, but you need to act it out. You need to put action to words. And what he says to them is, be imitators of me as I am an imitator of Christ. And then what he says to them is, don't be offensive. Don't stand up and say, I believe, and treat people the opposite. Push them away, be disrespectful, engage in negative behavior, have false prophets, and continue to say, I do believe, but I don't treat people that way. And Paul says, be that imitator. And I think that's the message for us. That what we have here is we have this beautiful view of what happened to someone who was pushed away and how Jesus reconnects in a loving, compassionate way with great humility. And Paul says, but that's the way we're supposed to behave. That's the way we're supposed to act, is to act with that great humility. Just like my friend who wrote that beautiful letter. She didn't have to do that. Her life's comfortable. She's in the golden years of life, her and her husband. They didn't have to step out, do something uncomfortable, put a letter together, make a donation to help three families that most likely they will never meet. But my friends, I'll tell you, that's what you call imitating Christ. That's what it's all about. And so as we journey into the Lenten season, I would offer this. And St. Paul saying to the Corinthians, you know, don't be offensive to people. You know, act out what you say you believe. But what he says to them is this, be convinced. And as we enter into this Lenten season, I know for myself, you know, I give up cookies every year. But, you know, about three weeks in, I'm eating graham crackers because they're technically not cookies, right? <laughs> and I'm complaining about giving up all the sweets that I like, right? So I go to graham crackers, and I think, that's okay. But to be able to say, it's more than okay. You know, as we go through the Lenten journey, it's more than just to be okay. As we look at the stations of the cross, it's to understand what happened, but equally important to understand every day the life of Jesus Christ on earth. It was not easy. It wasn't okay. It was a struggle every day. And the culmination was his death 
in his resurrection. And so, as we heard in the responsorial psalm, it's when times of trouble we turn to the Lord for the joy of salvation. In this Lenten season, instead of just being okay or just feel that you're burdened with some Lenten obligation, say it's not okay. I am convinced, I am convinced that the Lord calls me to truly be an imitator of Christ. I just want to say thank you to Deacon Lou. As with all of us, this has been a difficult time. Deacon Lou has a, a, a somewhat difficult but very loving message to share with us. Happy Valentine's Day and air hugs everybody. I just want to share with you, I, I recently received a letter from our new bishop and he granted my request to end my diaconate here at St. Basil. After almost 16 years, uh, I asked the bishop if I could be relieved of my responsibilities at St. Basil's, and he was extraordinarily gracious to me and very, very helpful. And in his letter to me, he articulated what the conversation had been, and the conversation had been that I had said to the bishop uh, several times, I entered diaconate for service. I want to leave his service. And he understood that, and uh, better than most, I might add. And so he, by relieving me of my responsibility at St. Basil, he also allowed me to have my faculties throughout the Diocese of Cleveland, which means that I could, in effect, go anywhere and preach, teach, baptize, funerals, weddings. And for that, I'm very grateful. The reason behind this is, I believe there's an adage in which what did you know, when did you know it, and what did you do about it? And what I know is this, the last six years, the work that I've been involved with that I'm in ministry, in which many of you have supported it through your time, your talent, and your significant treasures, have allowed me to, given me the privilege to serve the people in the gospel, that leper, you know, it's those folks that have been just cast out, those that are less important, those who are very, very vulnerable. And I asked the bishop, and he agreed, I want to spend the rest of my time in that ministry. See, I believe I have to double down. What I know is people hurt. And I don't want to be in my last final years of life reflecting and saying, I could have done more, but I didn't. I was too busy, too tired, too unwilling too preoccupied, and every other excuse that's imaginable for walking away and turning my back on people that are in need. And so I said to the bishop, I'm I want to double down. It's where I want to be. It's where I need to be. And he said yes and gave me that um, permission. He put it in writing to me in the letter, but also he said, but you have the faculties now to be able to go unrestricted anywhere the Diocese of Cleveland and do what you want to do and need to do. You know, we serve probably about 50% of zip codes in Cuyahoga County. And so the bishop says, I encourage you to do more, and that's what I'm going to do. So I just would like to, I wanted to tell you that because I just received the letter. Um, it's heavy-hearted, you know. This was harder than I thought it would be. I said to my brother this morning, saying goodbye is really, really hard. My brother Mike said to me, he goes, it's like saying goodbye to a good friend. Of course it's going to be hard. 
man, a few words I might add. And so I just want to say this. I, you have given me more than I could ever give back. In many, many ways. Your thoughts, your prayers, your kindness, your generosity. I can't thank you enough. Every day of my life going forward, I could thank you and it would be enough. And, you know, I think that it's, as I recall, you know, just all the experiences and I saw you come in communion. I think of you, your children, your grandchildren, and I just want to say thank you. I want to thank Father Walt Jenny for putting up with me for 16 years, which, by the way, wasn't easy. I could tell you that. But I want to thank him and all the priests and Deacon Dave and everybody who's just made this wonderful music ministry and all the parish staff. And I'll just leave you with these two thoughts. Throughout the years, I had this occasion where whether it's in the grocery store or after mass or somewhere, people would introduce me to someone who was not a parishioner. And they would say, he's our deacon. I can't tell you how much that meant to me. What it meant was acceptance. And for that, I am truly, truly grateful. And then three and a half years ago, when my wife was prepare and have double lung transplant. That was tough for her and our family. Your prayers, your cards, your thoughts, your best wishes carried my family through a very difficult time. But your prayers for me truly helped me at a very, very difficult time in life. That was hard. You made it happen for me, though, through your prayers. And so for that, I will always be forever grateful, and I know that I cannot thank you enough for accepting me and allowing me to be your deacon these past 16 years. So every once in a while, if you think about me and what we do, pray for me, but more importantly, pray for the people that were called to serve. God bless you. We hope you enjoyed this audio from our parish. You can find other homilies, talks, and interviews at our website, basilthegreat.org, or by subscribing to this podcast in your favorite app. Just search for St. Basil Catholic Church, Brexville. St. Basil the Great, pray for us.